0: Welcome, welcome. You're listening to our podcast, two massage therapists in a microphone. My name is Mark. I'm a registered massage therapist, registered kinesiologist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. I you're not. Lie. You're not here. I'm not in Toronto. So. Where am I? I'm in London. I'm hanging out in a what room of the house is this? The living room, family sun room. There's There's a sunroom. Mm-hmm. Does get a this lot of. This to me looks
1: like it should be called the great room oh, with thanks. these like beautiful bay windows overlooking a golf course. Like this is the most comfortable I have ever been recording a podcast ever. Yeah. I, you
0: I'm, win. Yes, I was scared about it. We might have to come here just to record all of our <laughs> I know, stuff. I'm like so happy sitting in this room. <laughs> I'll take a rental fee, no problem.
1: <laughs> hey everyone, it's Amanda, and as Mark said, we are recording today in London. We are talking with Sue Rue, and yes, that is her real name, and I love it. Sue Rue, it's true. And she is the host of a podcast called Love Yourselves, which I've recently been introduced to. I've listened to about three episodes so far. And, uh, yeah, we're here to talk about Sue, talk about her podcast, and wherever else the day takes us, because I'm not leaving. I like it here.
2: <laughs> Thanks for coming, guys. Thanks for having us yeah, and letting us park awesome. in your neighbor's driveway. Yes, he's uh, very welcoming, especially with all the renos that we've had. That's good. That's good. So why don't we start right from the beginning? Tell everybody who you are and a little bit about yourself. Yeah, my name's Sue, and i Grew up in Welland, Ontario, of all places. And where's
0: Welland? My Ontario geography sucks.
2: Oh, um, twenty minutes from Niagara Falls. So small town, fifty thousand. I ran away at eighteen. Didn't even apply to Brock. Came to Western. Wait, 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 wait!
0: Ran, like literally ran away at eighteen. <laughs> like, my, no, like, like folks, I'm out of here.
2: Um, yeah, pretty much. I obviously had good enough grades to go to university, so I was accepted at Western, Windsor, and Mac. I didn't apply to Brock because I just didn't want to stay there so yeah. I picked London and never left so I have a degree in politics of all things that's a nice one that collects dust on the floor upstairs and
0: uh, <laughs> on the floor yep <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah oh, I haven't I haven't mounted anything on the walls we'll get to that um, <laughs> I'm afraid to poke holes in the walls but um, I didn't really want to get into the, po- the political world and I started working at a bank. Not loving it and found what were you doing at the bank? Oh, I was just at a call center. Okay, so I couldn't speak French, so no one would hire me in any of the ministries. And I feel uh, horrible
0: now having you put a headset on. <laughs> seriously, <laughs> just bringing back like, bad flashbacks. memory anxiety <laughs> in my
2: stomach. No, <laughs> um, no so I um, found massage therapy college here in London, which happened to be right down the street from me. So I applied and just dove right in. No what, science background, just did it.
0: What made you? What made you go from bank to massage therapy?
2: Well, I figured out I what I didn't want to do for a living, which was finances. And um, I had been a Highland dancer, competitive Highland dancer, my whole life. So I've always, you know, been into stretching and all of that. So I just felt I felt called. I don't know. It was like an intuitive nudge sitting there. It just kept popping up. Massage therapy. Massage therapy. It's like okay. I heard that
1: on your podcast when I was listening that. One, that you were a Highland dancer. I want to talk to you about that because I always find it super interesting when somebody tells me they do something that in, I feel like that would never pop into my world. Like, like, river like,
0: dance? Is that what we're talking about here?
2: Um, like, I don't know. No, it's Scottish. It's so Scottish. I dance yeah. over swords with a kilt.
0: Gotcha, 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 gotcha. I told
2: you I might dance. Yeah. <laughs> she did. Uh, so are you Scottish?
1: No. Background? No. Okay. So how so, does wait, one wait, get into what this? I, what I was
0: talking about was Irish dancing then, right? Highland
2: dancing? Yes. Irish is the river Irish, dance. river dance.
0: Okay cool 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 Mm. like porky pig red shoes okay you guys are like (laughs) lost on that one no no one knows what, every time I bring up fucking Porky Pig in the red shoes no one knows what I'm talking no, about I
2: don't know. really
0: it's an awesome episode of Looney Tunes oh essentially it's um Porky Pig he's he's caught in a massive rainstorm like a massive storm and he knocks on the door of a castle because he needs help or whatever the case is and then he opens up the door and it's like two leprechauns that live in this castle and they they give him a curse with these red shoes that don't stop dancing so he puts them on or they put them on him and he can't Stop dancing with him. So the whole episode is him trying to get rid of these shoes and kick them off. And every time he kicks them off, the shoes run back and like put them on his back and then put, go on his forget it.
2: <laughs> should we have seen this?
1: I feel like maybe I think I just we dated should have. Myself. Well, yeah, Mark's an old man.
0: Mm. That's a problem. Okay, okay, sorry, Highland dancing.
1: Okay, so yeah, how then? If like, were your parents into this? How do you decide? I want to do that. Mm,
2: funny. My cousins were in it. So they were two years, three years, four years older than me. So my mom was like, oh, okay, we'll just go with your cousins. And then. Okay. So there was a natural, like. Yeah. It yeah. wasn't totally random. It was my Scottish cousins. that. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. This that is makes sense. what happens when you live in
0: Welland, into that, I, right? yeah. <laughs> I, <know. laughs>
2: I kind of get disappointed. I'm like, mom, you should have put me in like ballet. Like I could have been dancing on Broadway. I could have been a ballerina. Something. Or, so- you know, getting paid for it. Mm. Is there no money in Highland dancing? I don't know enough to there know. Has no. To be. No, no. Someone's making
0: money off it.
1: I mean, <laughs> not it's probably really. not that popular. Like, you would have to be one of what? Like, the top three in the world, probably, to really make yeah. money. Yeah. Because it's not, you didn't
0: even know what it was. It's not that popular. I got it confused because all those UK things are mm-hmm. all the same to me. Oh. <laughs> Oh, sorry,
1: UK listeners. You're all the same, apparently. Well, you, you are. You,
0: you, you talk kind of funny. <laughs> and, oh, boy. And, and, and you all like to drink. So Please send all hate mail directly to Mark. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Back to Sue Rue. I uh, love saying your full name. Uh, oh, good. All right. So you did some dancing. You, mm-hmm. you kept getting this call towards massage
2: therapy and you enrolled at Darcy Lane. Yeah. I did, yeah. How'd you like school? I loved school actually um, because I did the year and a half. So the 18 month accelerated program. So you went through the summer. We didn't stop. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're going 12 hour days, three days in a row and then the rest of the week you're trying to learn it all um and retain it all <laughs> so we were really uh i was just really immersed into it but um yeah i obviously have an obsession with human cells since my podcast is called love Yourself. love yourselves so yeah. yeah i don't know i'm so glad i did that 12 13 years ago <laughs>
1: So when you did that, you were still living here in London. Were you working? Because I assume you had to pay for your
2: life somehow. Yeah. um, So I've stayed on at the bank. They allowed me to work part-time. So actually I worked the Thursday, Friday, Saturday and then went to school Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. How hard was that? Yeah, it was pretty hard. However, I was at the (laughs) call center so I could actually study a little bit at work. (sighs) Like in between calls. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha.
1: Um, Because I also worked full-time when I went to school and I, yeah, I found it really, Really, challenging to ever find time to study. Hence, why I joke about on the podcast how I never studied. It's not totally true. I'm exaggerating a little. I wasn't a horrible student. I tried sometimes.
0: <laughs> did you guys both go to the same school? No, we did not. No, no I've been a therapist. What is this? Oh, yeah. My fifteenth year being a therapist. Yeah. Massage therapist. I'm also a kin. I've been a kin for like twenty. This years. Is like my twentieth year. Yeah, <laughs> Fuck, I am old. <laughs>
1: I became a therapist. I graduated school end of 2010. Oh, okay. And I actually waited a few months. So I actually didn't become licensed until early 2011.
0: Hmm. Was that because of the way the licensing exam worked? Did no, that's timing? because
1: I was actually enjoying the job I was in. It got to a point where I actually liked my job. Mm-hmm. So I decided, like, let me hold off on this and see where this takes me. And then after a few more months of doing it, I'm like, no, I was right. I want to be a therapist.
0: Like, ho- <laughs> like, like hold off to you do your exams? Or I don't you know. Exams, I did my exams right after
1: graduating. Okay.
0: Like, I feel like I should know this. You but... should know this considering
1: we live together by this point, but cool. Um, yeah. No, right after graduating, I did my exams. I passed everything. And then it was just a matter of actually submitting everything and getting my registration. That took another probably three, four months until I decided, yeah, I definitely want to do this.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. The shit you learn when you're sitting in someone else's <laughs> house.
1: <laughs> Good room. I guess we haven't run out of things to talk no. about. Okay.
2: <laughs> Good.
1: Well, now we, now we have. Now we have. Now we have.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. So you come out of school. Mm-hmm. You've got this. You've got your license. Or actually, let's let's take
2: it one step at a time. The exams. Did you do your exams straight out of school? I took the OSCE right away. So graduation was June. July was scheduled. And then this is a funny story. Um, we didn't have any written We couldn't do the written in London. We had to hop on a train to go to Kitchener or Toronto to do the written exam. Okay. And I failed the first time. Oh. And so I took the train to Kitchener, failed, so distraught. And I think it's just the multiple choice. I'm not really a fan of multiple choice. There's a lot of
1: people who are really not good at multiple choice. And it's not that they don't know the information. They could have a conversation with you. Mm -hmm. You give them suddenly four choices and it's like,
2: ah, all of these could be right. Yeah. Totally. And I'm more scenario-based. Or, you know, give me a scenario, put me in a room, put a body on the table, and I'm good. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like you said, the choices,
0: I just, I guess,
2: didn't happen. So, sadly, I returned, and then... Um, when you say you failed,
0: how much did you fail by, if you I think,
2: say. yeah, because it was so long ago. I think... Um, we had to have what seventy or seventy-five. To I think it's 70. seventy. It was like sixty-seven or sixty-six. Oh, that hurts! That hurts when it's those so are the painful then. ones. Oh, yeah. it's like you're so close. And I think I was really nervous, and like you're timed, mm-hmm. and I was by myself, and I was in this strange city, and all of the things, and yeah. then so I scheduled for about a month later, failed again. Oh my goodness! Hop what on, is going through your head? Hop at this on point? the train. <laughs> <laughs> I met this guy on the train too. And uh, he had beers and I was like, sweet. And so I like, <laughs> drank these beers all the way back to London. And I, at the time I had one of those little like BMX trick bikes. I didn't have a car. Yeah. And uh, I remember riding my little bike back home downtown and I like flipped on it too. Cause I was just like so angry and I like sped like, <sighs> Took the corner too fast or whatever. And of course, I had like two or three beers in my system and I'm not very big. So I like flew off. I was like, I am hitting rock bottom. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's really happening right now. But I think because we needed to, you only get three chances. Yes. Yep. Right. So of course, that third time. So I think the second time I got a 68. Oof. Then the third time, of course, I passed and celebratory
0: drinks on that one. <laughs> so was there ever time between doing the second and the third? You're like, fuck it. I'm not going to bother.
2: I had extreme anxiety. I had meltdowns. I had, luckily, girlfriends who had already passed and, you know, encouraging me and helping me study. And it's not that I didn't know it. I think I just, I'm a choke artist when it comes to multiple choice. So on you felt computer. prepared every time. Every time. And it's so funny because I was the one, if you talk to some of my colleagues from school, like, they studied from my notes like you were the good student uh, well yeah i had 90s all the way through so it didn't really make sense but um anyways my girlfriend sarah she's in toronto sarah reimer she does uh, myofascial release too you should get her on the podcast she's amazing all right sarah if you're listening you're next she is my therapist like the only one i allow touching my body but um she was she was like you can't not do this So, go Mm. and... Well, yeah.
1: I mean, if you were...
2: You passed the OSCE, no problem. Mm. If
1: you were a really good student, and obviously people thought that you're going to be a good therapist, well, I'm glad you went for that third time. Can you imagine?
0: Let's play the what if. If you failed it again and you had to go back to school or do some sort of upgrading, because I don't... How long ago was this that you did? Twelve years. Mm. Yeah, two thousand. Okay. So, at that time, you wouldn't have even had to have obtained another diploma. You could have gone back and done upgrading. And then, would you have done that or would you just... Yeah? Okay. So, well, because I had here.
2: I had an OSAP loan to help me, and I don't know. I think just that investment itself, and gotcha. all of the time—that right. You were meant to do this. Though. I was meant to do this. Yeah. yeah. Because you love cells. I do.
0: What about cells? Do you love? Let's uh, let's. Because it's us. Let's get right into it. I just this. love all of us. I love all of us. I don't. Yeah. I don't think I have a fascination for for cells. I don't know. Um, talk to me. Talk to you.
2: Um it's magic on the table.
0: I don't know. But you're smile like you know something that I don't. I don't
2: I don't know anything. I just
1: We all do the I same thing, right? That, yes, we all do the same thing. <laughs> I agree that part of what I love about what I do, like I've talked about this before. When I was applying for university, initially I had no fucking clue what I wanted to do. I right. actually talked about political science same. to my high school guidance counselor oh because I was so good at debate. I was like, well, yeah. this is just a natural fit. Mm-hmm. Um I could argue my way out of anything. My mother was certain I was gonna be a lawyer. <laughs> (laughs) Like had to keep reminding her, I don't like to work that hard. I'm never going to be a lawyer. Get it out of your mind. But I talked to him about political science. And eventually when somebody else mentioned kinesiology to me, I didn't even know what it was. Mm -hmm. But once I started learning about it, I'm like... That, that makes sense. Being able to understand the human body, which is so fascinating to me, that makes sense. Like, I loved biology. Mm-hmm. I loved um, OAC, grade 13, whatever you want to call it, phys ed, mm-hmm. like, which is sort of like the introduction to kinesiology, Anatomy, right? Or, yeah. And yeah. And even just learning the anatomical terminology, I'll never forget my OAC gym teacher. He was this kind of a uh, round... Like short round Italian guy Who just He was very like Stereotypical Italian Spoke with his hands Like just so funny And when he was Stereotypes come from A place called the truth Yeah (laughs) Well, he just, he acted like you would expect every Italian guy to act, like older Italian man. He was Mm -hmm. so awesome. And he was teaching us anatomical terminology and he turns around and he's this kind of, like I said, round, like chubbier guy, but like zero butt whatsoever. And he turns around he's (laughs) like, and this is my posterior side. And he was like shaking his no (laughs) butt at us. And I'm like, this is what I'm meant to do with life. (laughs) If you're listening, uh, Mr. Fiorello, I appreciated that.
2: Yes, thank you for guiding me.
1: <laughs> so yeah, I'm smiling in agreement that it's it's magical to learn about the body because it's so cool. Everything the human yeah. body can do is so cool. When I meet a pregnant woman and she starts complaining about how much weight she's gaining or this or that or whatever, I'm like, you're making a fucking human. Like, right. the end. It doesn't matter what happens to your body in this process, you're magically making a person. Mm-hmm. It's so cool. And
2: just like you said, learning the human body, it's so important. And I think being a mom now, I'm so grateful to have the knowledge that I mm-hmm. have raising her because I don't think it would be the same. I don't I don't think I would... No. First of all, my daughter's a genius and is smarter than me already, but... Um, Yeah, and going through the pregnancy and knowing what's happening and all of the things. It's magic. So I
1: get it. It's magic. Well, I mean, like you talked about with kids. So one thing that Mark can definitely attest to is I stay very calm in medical situations with Mm. our kids, I stay very calm. And he'll say to me, how do you stay so calm? And I think it's because I have somewhat of an understanding. You know, for example, if they have a fever, I'm not freaking out. I understand what a fever is. I understand what the purpose is. I understand when, you know, risks are there. And so I can stay calm. Any kind of like respiratory complication, I immediately am like, okay, but is it her chest? Is it upper respiratory? Like, how worried am I? And I just Mm. feel like having the knowledge of the body makes me better able to just relax when the kids are going through their medical nonsense.
2: Yeah, I have one for you that just happened recently. I don't know if I told you this, but I my license is currently inactive. So as of January, I went, I left my 10-year practice um, to stop, to renovate a house. And I'm doing a few writing projects. But our daughter was diagnosed in February with a form of epilepsy called absence seizures. Yep. So I'm sure you know what those are. I do. My sister has them. Right? Mm-hmm. But... When we have this body knowledge and then something like that happens where we don't have the control or it's a sudden shock um, I just knew it was you know a sign from the universe that I needed to take this year off for sure mm-hmm. but um, what she's going through with her body is is a lot of now new learning of things yeah that for sure. um, I wasn't anticipating. <laughs> So, yeah, I put my license on hold in January or inactive, which is I've never done that before. And I was like, oh, I'm kind of scared. But I knew it was meant to be because I just I don't even know how I made it through December and Christmas and scraping wallpaper and massaging my clients and going through breakups because most of my clients have been with me for 10 each 10 years. And for November and December, I seriously, every day would have like four mini breakups with my clients oh being my God. like, okay, well, I'll be back in 2020. And I had to go inactive just to force myself to stop because I know that if I could still legally write a, write a receipt right now, I would be working on the side and trying to fit it in mm-hmm. and trying to fit people in. And I wasn't going to give the care that my daughter needed or the house needed um, to get done. So it's been, it's been quite a time. Mm. hence the podcast though because I'm like now that the wallpaper is all gone on two floors and you know two bathrooms are renovated, and I've got my daughter under control with her seizure activity and I'm like okay now I miss my job like I need to do something something. I need um, to get that joy back and I think the podcast for me um, and my website that I built two years ago which was where Love Yourselves came from and I just kind of built on that platform was just because if I died next week this is my thing if I died next week I just wanted to leave something to the earth like I just wanted to leave my work whether it's articles or podcast episodes for someone even just for my daughter to listen to when Mm -hmm. she's growing up or for someone to pick up and and continue on I don't know so I don't really know what it is like you guys have this like but we started very
1: similar to you right where we didn't know what it was Mark had this idea actually a couple years ago he said we should start podcasting and at the time I didn't even know what a podcast was I was like like radio. Like I didn't totally understand what it was. Yeah. And then every so often he would ask students in the courses he was teaching, would you guys want to stay and do like a post-course wrap up, like on a podcast? Yeah. And people were kind of like, what? What? No. And so that never really kind of took off. And then last June, he just said, I really want to do this podcast. I said, cool, I'll do it with you. Oh,
2: it's only been a year.
1: It's only been yeah. a year. Oh, you guys are rocking it. Thank you. It's it, But it started exactly as yours did, where we didn't really mm. know what it was going to be. We we're like, okay, we're going to talk about everything, health, wellness, massage, fitness, entrepreneurship, lifestyle, whatever. Mm-hmm. And we just started doing it. Our first few episodes, we were giggling last night. We we're like, these kind of suck. Like, we didn't really know what we were doing yet. And, no. and we just kept going. We still don't. <laughs> we
2: still make it up as we go <laughs> on, <laughs> but I like that though. I like that there's no like script or anything because when you guys were coming here, I'm like, well, what are we gonna talk about? We talk might, about you. I might talk about the renovations. I'm <laughs> getting wallpaper bits in my eyeballs. Oh, that was fun. <laughs>
1: Renos do sell. not sound like fun. But no. yeah,
2: you're right. These walls look great. <sighs> don't you said I? you were going to tell us why you don't want to poke holes in the walls. Oh, this room is emotional, guys. So grass wallpaper. So picture this. I even like wrote a little article about it. I'll probably publish it at some point. But we walked in and I used the word condemned. And I'm not lying. I'm not exaggerating the 18-year-old kid through the biggest party of the year a weekend before we got the keys. Mm. So this room was covered with chewing gum, probably 60 odd pieces whatever on these exact floors floors, yeah so these floors those floors are the only ones in the kitchen are the only ones that weren't replaced Um, the walls were grass wallpaper that were painted over layer upon layer of blue paint she was a smoker her name was Mary Lou and apparently according to the neighbors she's a saint so she'd be happy that we you know Took a lot of care with this house. But um, so that room was um, robin's egg blue, and this one was sort of like a baby blue. But to scrape the walls took about three weeks. And you did this yourself? We had our two contractor friends who helped us, um, but these were all remudded and repainted because they were like chipped away at. And uh, anyway, so because I stopped working, (laughs) <laughs> now I'm getting like wrist pain and elbow pain mm. from scraping walls. <laughs> like, Sarah, where are you? Yes, you Sarah, need's come a treatment. home, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it was just a lot of work. And so I, I'm not a decorator, right? I'm a healer. So I'm just a little uh, worried to put pictures on the walls. I just don't want to. They're like my babies, you know? You put a lot of care into these walls. <laughs> a lot of love right here. <laughs> <laughs> so, um,
0: yeah, I'm laughing because I get it, but in a completely different way, like I'll buy a t-shirt that I really, really like. I'm like, you know what? I don't want to wreck this. I'm not going to wear it right now. <laughs> and then, it, and then years and years go by. I'm like, I wore that thing three times, yep. but I still love it. I'm still like looking at it. Like, you know, I don't want to wreck it. So I'm not going to wear it right now. <laughs> and it just stays there.
1: I actually see, I'm learning things about you. I never knew that about Mark. Oh, yeah. I do know that he will go and buy the same t-shirt. Seven times. Ooh.
0: Because I like it, and I know I'm just it's get So
1: Yeah. Point. And then, <laughs> but then somehow he'll still end up only wearing the same, like one or two out of the seven because he wears them. They get washed and then they go back to the top of the pile. Then he wears them. <laughs> so eventually, right. then those have to go in the garbage, but it's okay. He's got like five more that are pristine. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah that's the way it goes. <laughs> I'm an idiot. That's what I'm wearing.
1: Random fact <laughs> I'm wearing, about Mark. Random fact. <laughs> All right. Um. So you became a therapist you were happy, mm. happy happy
2: happy treating people for 10 years you said
0: so let's let's do the career path let's hear how All right. how the yeah. massage therapy career went so i
2: finally got my certification in <laughs> january of 2008 and i took over a mat leave in may for a woman who did myofascial release so i was in my first john barnes myofascial release course in toronto in july Right after I got that same year, two thousand and eight.
0: Does John Barnes teach that course, or he has his disciples that teach it?
2: Uh, (laughs) Yeah, that one was his disciples. Um, Probably because it was in Canada, because I've been to Cleveland and he was there. Okay, Um, and it was more intimate, whereas Toronto was, you know, four hundred massage therapists and physios. So no wonder this guy has disciples. Yeah, I mean, he's. He's like the godfather.
0: Yeah, can you talk a little bit about <laughs> The Godfather? Can you of talk fascia? a little bit about John Barnes and yeah. his approach to myofascial release, which is not what you hear of in school. No. And it gets a lot of blowback from a lot of manual therapists. Yep. Um so yeah, just give our audience a little a little taste of what John Barnes sprinkles on myofascial release. Sprinkles
2: on. I love that. Okay. I would say what sets him apart is his timing and the feel of the fascia. So he really teaches us to take as much time as we can, sink into the layers without force. It kind of feels like taffy before you even move. So he has certain... Um, techniques. The number one that he uses, which is such a faux pas for massage therapists, is to start on top of the spine. So there are some fascial therapists or educators who don't do that. So that's what sets him kind of apart. Because it's so slow, such a sustained movement, you'd be holding a position for five minutes before moving Mm -hmm. but it is moving under your hands and you can feel it it's like taffy did i say that yes he he describes it like taffy that's an interesting way to describe fashion i've never heard that but i also
1: have never taken any of his Mm. courses
2: i like to think of it though as play-doh and as parents you probably can understand Mm -hmm. you get the play-doh out of the out of the container and it's cold and it's not as pliable but the more you hold on to it the more pliable it gets and you can really work with it. So I honestly, I, picture my now art of fascial release as playing with play-doh on real humans well i i get the the premise of like holding things for a sustained period
1: of time like we always talk about how you know you can't stretch fascia and this and that Mm -hmm. so if you're going to work on fascia it has to be Mm -hmm. prolonged like this is such dense tissue and i know on your podcast that i listened to about yoga you talked about yin yoga which i Mm. love I oh, love you. And I was trying to explain it to Mark. I'm like, it is probably one of the hardest classes I go to. It's mm-hmm. so, so hard. It's so, like, you're
2: literally in this stretch for, like, five minutes. Sometimes ten. And you go through this, like, pain, and then the pain goes away. Yeah. And you have to, it's more of a mental game.
1: It is very mental. Because in, in the beginning, you're almost, like, shaking. Like, how am I going to stay like this? And it's a stretch. But you're shaking as if you're, like, yeah. you know, imagine doing a wall squat. Like, that's the kind of shaking that starts off and then that kind of like eases off and then there's like a little bit of pain and then the
2: pain starts to go away sometimes it comes back like it's Mm -hmm. it's really intense and then you let go in certain areas and that's same with fascia too because as humans we hold all the time and so even your our clients on the table they're holding Mm -hmm. and i have to be like okay jello body and then like a rag doll, because that's the only way the fascists are really going to move and shift the way we want it to if they're holding and fighting me it's not working mm-hmm. right so going back to John Barnes I always um, I like his teaching method because when I saw him in Cleveland he would come around and like hold our hands on the body he would come around and make sure we were relaxed too because it's It's all, you know, if we're forcing something, it's not. It's not working. So, and a little misconception too, when I have clients that come in and they're like, oh, fascial work really hurts. And I'm like, "Mm, nope, nope. If it's forced, it hurts. Mm -hmm. So if that therapist is going too fast, Yep. I don't know. I think that's why I have like a cult following in London. Like my clients. Yeah, you have a niche. There's there's people who want to get the type of therapy that you provide, which is different
1: because I remember once going to a therapist and I've spoken about this before and saying that I wanted him to do primarily fascial work because literally it did feel like my spine was no longer moving. Like Mm. I was just so stuck everywhere. And so I said that I wanted fascial work and he was like, you want that? Like, isn't that painful? Mm. And immediately I was like, Hmm. Right. I may have chosen the wrong guy to work on me today. And
2: that's a big, um, thank you for saying that, because that's one of my biggest goals. Whenever I, everyone's like, oh, what, what do you want to do? And I'm like, I want to teach the world about fascia. I want to teach the world about myofascial release and how it's supposed to be because there is so many misconceptions mm-hmm. or you know we talk about muscles like we know what those are but as soon as you say the word fascia people are like hmm you know or they use that fascia blaster thing you know like the mm-hmm. oh the, like that like the scraper thingy yeah uh, the but scraper thingy the scraper thingy i'm mean, yeah. really scientific no 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 and there's a question mark around that too because there's a difference between my fascia on clients' fascia versus like an apparatus on it Right like cell on cell that 's where the magic is cells
0: you look like you 're in deep in thought I am because i want to know i want to know more about what john barnes' teaching is about, to be mm-hmm. honest with you, like because i don 't know much about it, oh. and i don 't know much about. <sighs> The emotional connection with fascia, mm-hmm. right, which you don't hear about in school no, at all. you don't. Which is this a John Barnes thing?
2: Actually, he doesn't really teach much about the emotions. Okay, that's something that's developed over
0: okay over time. With and him, like maybe. how how this might differ from like uh, a Tom Myers approach to stuff. Mm. Like that's that's what I'm.
2: Does Tom Myers teach hands-on or is he just textbook?
0: No, he's got he's got courses. Does he okay yeah,
2: but, yeah I don't know how to compare the two, but I've read Myers mm-hmm. and so his their, their visions are similar okay. right with the meridian lines and all of that. Yep. John Barnes is very much like the cells need time. There's no time limit on a treatment. He doesn't really focus on just one area. He's very whole body, Mm -hmm. which I think differs him from someone like Jennings, who teaches around here, where they just, they do more parts of Mm -hmm. the body as opposed to, okay, and this is what I've learned through him is like alignment is key. Alignment is a happy body. And so you see the spine on the table and we see the hips are like this, Well, we want to make them level. So we're going to do... We're going to go to those areas to make them level, right? So that means I'll be doing something different on this side than that side right. sometimes. so Yeah, and that can so differ balance. from what
1: you learn in school as well, where it's like, you know, because you want to incorporate the relaxation component, you're taught to be mm. uh, predictable. I guess, you know, what you do on one side of the body, you should somewhat mirror on the other side. Mm -hmm. Yes, with some differences, because maybe the right shoulder has some issues. So you might put a little more time and attention and do more specific techniques. But essentially, at some point, you're also working the left shoulder and, you know, Mm -hmm. similar types of things. Or at least I felt that was the way we were almost taught to structure our treatments when I was in school.
2: Mm. I agree. I agree.
0: Because I'm trying to figure out, okay, have you, Mm. are you familiar with Walt Fritz? He's a, he's a, he's a physiotherapist in the States. He actually does a lot of courses and he travels now globally to do his courses. He does myofascial release courses and he does one primarily now, like swallowing disorders, um, oh, stuff like that. So. But he also does like a lower body and upper body. And I had him on the podcast once and he was, because he was a John Barnes disciple and he, he really kind of beat around the bush how he got away from that. And there's reasons why he got away from that. And I never kind of clued in as, as to exactly why he just kind of like, this was the camp that I fell into. Mm-hmm. This is what I was, this is what I thought to be true. This is what I agreed with. That's what I preached. That's what I would, that's what I would, you know, sell to everybody, quote unquote, sell horrible word, but you know what I mean? And then he, for whatever reason, kind of parted ways with that idea and I and I never kind of fully understood what the idea was that he parted with and I was hoping that maybe through your description of it I would be able to pinpoint but maybe I don't know enough about either of those two gentlemen to to understand
2: i think the way john burns just teaches the feel and yeah. like how to manipulate fascia that's what i took from it and then i've sort of created my own like digging into the abdomen and getting through like into the anxiety and all that stuff so um i wouldn't call myself a disciple i just right, right, right. and and quite honestly i've only taken his course i've, I've never taken jennings although i've been yeah. treated by therapists who have taken jennings and it is very different um approach mm-hmm. so that's really all i can tell you i guess yeah
0: and i used the word disciple purposely because yeah i actually think i even saw some dude on youtube and he was a pt and he was in a john barnes course and he left the course and then he went to his car and recorded like this video about talking about like it's very cult-like in there and mm-hmm. blah 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 and i just i didn't know enough to understand what the hell he was even talking about mm-hmm. but it fascinated me that he would feel that way and i was like it's a manual therapy course. Like, what are you talking about? Like, fucking there is cult-like. a
2: cult following, though. Like, because you can go to any of his courses and not be a therapist, but be a body. So I had I had this one client. She is so old. She might not even be alive now. But she was a part of the cult. She would go to his courses in Toronto and yeah. just be that body on the table. And trust me, she had a ton of trauma. And it was probably the only thing that actually did work was his hands on her body. But they do. They follow the circuit so that they can get some treatment Mm. so they pay and they get his hands on them so but so yeah there's the therapists that follow the cult and are going to just do the hand positions and the techniques that he's teaching and not sort of branch off from that but i i branched off years ago and um i just take kind of pieces of what works and what Mm -hmm. i what i've my clients have you know experienced and improved on right so
1: that could be it that could be the reason that some people don't choose to follow him is that, um, when in his teaching, he's focusing on this like palpation and imagine it being like taffy and, you know, putting his, his hands over the therapist and making sure you're, and Mm -hmm. being that we are sort of shifting towards this idea that, you know, fascia doesn't behave the way we've always been told it behaves. So this can seem almost like, like energy work to somebody who doesn't really understand what he's doing. So it's like, well, how are you with these gentle hand positions and these maneuver, how are you manipulating fascia? Mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people even agree with that concept anymore. That you can manipulate fascia in that kind of way. I think fascia is a fascia is a hot topic.
2: It is.
0: So how long have you been I doing this it. stuff? Like when when did when did you get introduced to this in your two thousand and eight? So right out of the gate. Right gates. out of
2: the gate. And then I had her. So I took over for the mat leave. Um, she did. She took Barnes. Probably years before and i had her clients to work on all summer before she came back
0: so was it was it an interest of yours before taking over her practice or was it out of need like i'm taking over this practice this mm. is the clientele I, I better fucking get my game on this thing
2: no it's a good question and i can see where that would be a yes or i could say yes to that our First meeting was, you know, when you interview, you massage each other, right? When you're taking over a mat leave. It happens, there, yeah. Right. So that was, I was walking to the clinic and I could feel this like pinch in my hip and I'm walking and I'm like, ow, ow, ow. So I didn't even know what she did. I got there. I massaged her first and she's like about to burst, right? <laughs> <laughs> she's sidelined. I'm like, oh, this is so awkward. Like, please just let me work here. And uh, <laughs> she, so she got me on the table and... Uh, it was magic, what she was doing. And I'm like, what are you doing to my body right now? Like there's no lotion, there's no oil, there's nothing. You are just making my cells just feel like this all the way through my body. It was like humming, vibrating. I got up off up the table, that pain was gone, and I was like, "You sold. were sold." I was sold, and so what's
0: the conversation you have? Like, what the hell did you do and teach me? Like, what was that conversation?
2: Well, first she was like, "Well, I do this sort of technique," and she was like very sweet, right? It's <laughs> like okay, well, I'm fresh out of school, so I don't know that, and um whatever but she was just desperate to have someone fill her spot she literally popped a baby out four days later and was so grateful I found her on Kijiji but she was like I'm gonna do I'm gonna do the myofascial technique is that okay and I was like yeah just show like do your thing girl you yeah. know and uh yeah her hands sold me yeah and then so I took the course in July and then I had um her clients to practice on for a few months which was awesome because they could really help teach me as well yeah so, well they were used to that so yeah. they were yeah. probably so grateful that you decided to do it yeah yeah. And then I took, um, so that was fascial pelvis in Toronto. And then I went, they have MFR1 to cervical, c- cervical thoracic. So I took MFR1 in Cleveland and then MFR2 in Detroit. So cool. Mm-hmm.
1: I took over our practice as my first job, like mm-hmm. out of school. And when we went in same idea, like I treated her and then she said to me, I use a lot of ART on my clients. Do you use ART? And I'm like, I graduated yesterday. Like, what the fuck is ART? <laughs> <laughs> so I was, yeah, I'm like, no, I don't. No. So, you know, she showed me a couple of techniques like on my ankle and whatever. I'm like, oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. And then I thought maybe I should do this because I'm taking over for, mm-hmm. you know, and treating her clients. I never did take ART, and um, a lot of her clients actually said that my treatments were similar, or even the results were similar, even though I wasn't using her technique. So I was like, okay, I guess I don't really need Mm -hmm.
0: ART included. But I did like what she did with my ankle. So you finish at this um, mat leave.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, And then I started working at renaissance massage therapy clinic and spa downtown natalie boot she's been an rmt for 20 years she mm. should be on the podcast too so many people that is <laughs> that's a long time to be, in I feel the like industry, we're right? be coming to london a lot well you got a room so <laughs> um so i started working with nat in 2009 and i just gave up my space in January, so. so you
1: stayed at the same practice from mm-hmm, 2009 yeah. until deciding to go inactive. Yeah. And when you decide to return in 2020, mm-hmm. are you going back there or are you going to do something different? I think I'm going to go rogue. I love it. You look like somebody who would go rogue. You guys can't see her, but she's <laughs> got like mean? tattoos on her arm and purple hair. By the way, my hair was that exact ah. same color in 2016. Mm. And uh, my daughter at the time was... Uh, two and she loved it mommy has purple hair but I just couldn't keep
2: the color and it just kept fading too quick it was too much maintenance yeah get rid of it yeah, it was bright pink actually last week. And then it just kept going blonde because they had to bleach it. And I was like, I'm just not meant to be a blonde. So this was the box dye I chose. So who knows? <laughs> we'll see where that goes. Um, so yeah, I was with um, Natalie for 10 years and she's an angel and I loved the space. Sarah worked with me as well. She We, used to sh- we shared a wall for nine years before she up and left for Toronto. I call her my work wife. But um, <laughs> no, the energy, it's honestly the downtown Town core of London has shifted, and so it's not that I don't want to work with her, because she's the best clinic owner I could have ever asked for. It's the energy downtown. Like, I get anxiety driving there. Okay, wait, wait. What
0: made her the best clinic owner?
2: Mm, She's, okay, first of all, like I said, she's an angel. She is very accommodating when I had um, my baby and an emergency C-section and couldn't come back (laughs) as fast as I wanted to come back. And she was very good with, you know, negotiating rent. I shared my space for a while while the baby was little and she was accommodating financially. And she was basically, you know, do whatever you want to. And uh, that's why I love her. Mm. She wasn't, uh, yeah, she wasn't hard to work for. I love hearing that. And
1: the clinic owners who understand that and who take care of their therapists. they're going to have a successful clinic because Mm. therapists are just looking for that. The ones who don't want to open their own clinic or work on their own or go totally rogue, they just are looking for a clinic owner who understands them and they'll work their fucking asses off for you
2: if you will just be, Mm -hmm. yeah, if you just be accommodating. And it was a good energy in that space too, you know? It's hard to, we never would have like a sit down. You'd see each other coming in and out of rooms. We'd have hugs in the hall. You know, stuff like that. Nice. It's good. Um, But now she filled the space. So I see her at yoga. She comes to my yoga. (laughs) My name's still on the glass. And I'm like, oh, you know, like, how's it going? And like, you don't have room for me anymore. Like, there's no room for me to go back now. Uh, I'm uh like, you can just scrape my name off the glass, Nat. Anyway, maybe she'll listen. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard for her. It's like you putting pictures on
1: these walls. Like you were there for so long. Your name is on the glass. It's like. Well, she, yeah, she's my second work wife, you know been through a lot together yeah so So then once you decided to go inactive Mm. um was podcasting something that you had thought about beforehand, or this kind of came out of nowhere?
2: Literally, I woke up one night and was like, "I have to make I have to make a podcast." I've been writing a book for years about fashion, and it's just like I'm not a, not going anywhere. It's sitting on the laptop. Podcast is easier, and okay. I'm not really good with um you know people do like Facebook lives and stuff, and I just I'm not good with that either. I don't. I feel like it
1: needs to be audio for me. Whenever I have to make a video for something, like have to. I become super awkward. Suddenly, yeah. I'm not even speaking like myself. and yeah, it's, it's different, good. though. It's
0: different. Audio. audio is a, a way different experience, and I can't remember where the hell I read this, and I wish I could remember. It's um, Audio has a different effect on your mind as a listener than video does, where mm. if you hear someone enough, like n- through audio, no other visual stimuli, that if you hear someone for long enough, repeatedly, over and over and over and over and over, they're going to feel like they know you really well, and they're going to feel like they're super connected to you.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: Way different than than videos. So you see the same dude every night giving you the weather. You don't feel like you know that guy at all. You hear the same person every day on the radio giving you the weather. You feel like you know them a little bit better. That
1: is true. And actually, even when it comes to us, remember the guest? Well, of course, you remember Nikki that we had on, that she was a fan she listened to us when she was going on her travels Mm -hmm. and when she came in off mic she said i just couldn't wait to come in here and talk to mark about music because she knew through the podcast that he was a musician and he knew a lot about music and she was excited to come talk to him about something that she was also passionate about like that's cool you feel like you have a bff that you've never even met
2: Mm
0: -hmm. yeah it's different it's different through video that's one of the reasons why we start to do the podcast i mean we do a lot of things just like off the cuff but this one was off the cuff, but there was also a little bit of thought behind it. Because mm-hmm. when we we originally started the idea when the CMTO got rid of their quality assurance, the continuing education units. And the other half of what we do is Con Ed Institute, which is a continuing education provider. And we just literally looked at each other like, what the fuck is going to happen yeah. here? We just threw a ton of... Energy into building it. It was snowballing. It was doing awesome and and
1: money. Like Like, we threw all of our money into creating that company. So we're like, okay, okay, all of our money just went to. Well, it
0: didn't all like disappear, but the potential for it to happen was there. And then we were like, how the heck are we going to? still kind of give value, give great content, stay relevant, keep an interest in what we do. And then when it was like, let's do video. And then it was like, no, let's not, because we're going to get lost in a sea of fucking videos. Everyone's, dude, everyone yeah. does video. And then we went this whole other route, and then it snowballed into this what we're doing now, which... Is completely different than what we probably had intended it to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we originally intended to be very educational and informative, and you know, I don't know if it's any of those things.
1: (laughs) I it it is, and I think. But we originally
0: saw it in a different form. We did.
1: We saw it a little more "quote" professional, since we like to define that word all the time (laughs) on here. Like that, professional. Um, Yeah, we saw it as a little more like. Really educating people, which we are, but we're doing it in a more real way and talking to real people and through people's experiences in the industry. There is education and value in that. It's just not, you know, us lecturing you, I guess. Because right. that's boring.
0: Well, no, it's not boring. It's just not, it's just not. I don't think I'd be good at it, one. I, I don't think I can do that. That's what I know you do it sounds so, so stupid because I do that in front of a group of people <laughs> every weekend. But I mean, to do it in this format, I don't think for me it would translate very well. Other people do it and it's yeah. great. Mm-hmm. But for me, I don't, I'm, I'm much better at talking shit with yeah. people sitting around and then if some information and education comes out of that then awesome
2: and i think your podcast actually inspired me for my podcast because I, I remember talking to you before mm. i even came because i was like
0: do i have to ask permission
2: to do a podcast <laughs> like i was like Is, do i have to contact the cmto all nervous um but i like how real you guys are and that's how like we're like my book whenever that comes out i wanted to teach it to real people, and right? In a real, hilarious way that's not sciencey, and because in the therapy world, I don't know about you guys, but for years I just like I feel so alone. It's yeah. an isolating profession, right? And you're constantly teaching your clients, and it's like I feel like a broken record. And mm-hmm. so having episode podcast episodes about certain topics is like okay, here listen to this one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you can just yeah. like
2: push that onto your clients because it's just like you're teaching them in the clinic room, but. In their car, yeah. So, why don't you tell everyone then what is
1: what is the vision for your podcast? What are you teaching people? Yes, we know fascia, but mm-hmm.
2: what is, what is your bigger vision for this? Mm, my, I guess. <sighs> I don't even know if I have a big vision right now because I have two episodes that I have yet to publish um, that are talking about, you know, where we feel pain isn't necessarily where it's coming from. Everybody's a puzzle. We're all unique. But the love yourselves concept is to just like love it all, love the pain, love the anxiety, love, you know, the imperfections that are perfect in our of who we are, because I think, you know, through the media and social media, and all that stuff, people can get really depressed yep. about how they look, how they feel. Oh, try this. Oh, do this. But I think it's just more of a guide. I want to be more of a, a body guide to people and just offer suggestions based on my client's success stories, based on my success stories, and just kind of help people in that way in a real life way Mm -hmm. and not like a textbook like "Mm, we're gonna learn this today Mm
0: -hmm.
1: yeah no I like that I like that you were using the one episode that I said that I listened to yesterday of you talking about your journey back into yoga like that's a real thing there's people as you said people who buy gym memberships and never use them right you weren't using your gym membership and you're like why am I why am I paying for this where is this money going I'm not going to the gym so people can relate to that and this is what I'm doing now and this is why I'm doing it and this is what I'm getting out of it. And that is teaching people something, or even maybe inspiring somebody, motivating somebody, maybe giving them a different perspective. Like, yeah, if I'm only paying for this gym membership and going to yoga once a week, get a yoga membership. I can go to yoga multiple times a week or whatever. You're teaching people, but not by opening a textbook and being professional. By the way, I love
2: saying that. <laughs> We're going to say it like that forever. Professional. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and just offering up different tools that people can try because it's real that's what our bodies are—it's all trial and error, right?
1: Yep. And I—I I love this concept of love yourselves because I've been trying to—I'm trying to forcibly push this on people and it's not working. I right. need a gentle, more gentle way, but people to stop saying, I hate this about myself or I hate that. Or like, you know, so for example, my right hip has had some issues for many years. My left ankle has issues. Like I've got stuff like everybody does. Mm-hmm. So for example, my right hip doesn't externally rotate the way that I would like it to externally rotate, which was really fun in labor. Mm-hmm. So there used to be a time where I was like, oh, like my hip just doesn't work. And it was like, I'm blaming my hip and getting like, there's nothing wrong with my hip i just need to figure out a way to make this function better for me or i need to just chill out and be like okay so this is the amount of rotation i have Mm -hmm. and stop hating something so ridiculous as i hate my hip Mm -hmm. that's the dumbest thing i've ever heard and i was the one saying it Mm
2: -hmm. no seriously and it's true it goes for other things too Mm -hmm. in the body we can hate up on all of the things like my complexion or you know whatever yeah um the 50 pounds i gained by not working anymore right (laughs) right but instead i'm just going to love up on my belly and i'm going to get into that yin class and lay out on whatever i need to lay out on and love it love the process right
1: yeah Mark's very big at telling people about love the process. And Mm -hmm. I think people need to apply that to everything, including, as you said, your body. My body is nowhere near what it was five years ago, pre-kids. It's unrecognizable to what it was. Mm -hmm. But yesterday I went out and I bought the first bikini I've bought in probably five years. And I tried it on for Mark last night. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to do this. And he's like, I don't see anything wrong with it. And I'm like, and I shouldn't, like right. I shouldn't, there's nothing wrong with my actual body, but I'm like, this isn't what I looked like in a bikini five years ago. I know. So we it's have now, these expectations or yeah, something, but. Yeah. And people can get very depressed yeah. and looking at social media and looking at other people's highlight reel and forgetting that this is just what people want you to see And angles are everything. I posted a photo of myself <laughs> in my yoga. No, true. I posted a photo of myself in my yoga outfit a couple of weeks ago and I had people, people's remarks with, you know, like the fire emoji, like, oh, looking good. I'm like, nothing has changed. I've lost <laughs> zero weight. I am just really good with the angles. This was a good picture. This was a good picture. <laughs> do I look like this in real life? No.
0: God, no. But thank you for the yes, fire. Yes. <laughs> Did you do the the, the bent knee? The hand bent knee, the, the horse
1: stance. You notice that now? All girls want to be a horse. We're going to stand up and do it. We're all horses. Oh, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> Love it.
1: <laughs> the horse stance. It makes, you know, it makes your glute look yeah. nice. and you got like the little arch in your low back and it makes your calves look good. Yeah, it's the horse stance.
2: <laughs> do you guys follow the birds? Papaya? She had started a podcast. She's in Guelph. No, do and, you? Um, she she's just on social media, like flapping it all right, like cellulite and just like loving up on her body. She's she was in the Chatelaine magazine. She's been on. Um, oh, I need to a follow a bunch of cover, uh, covers recently. Anyways, but she's created this following of of women who, yeah, it doesn't matter, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're not posing in the horse pose anymore. <laughs> we're gonna just like shake our bo- a booty and not care and celebrate it. So There's such controversy with
1: this too because there is a fine line, I think, that people, like where this debate comes from, there's, yes, you want to be comfortable in your own body and love your own body. Loving your body, though, does mean treating it nicely. It doesn't yes. mean you can never have the cookies or whatever, but it means, you know, eating good food, moving mm-hmm. it, getting exercise, taking care of yourself. And I think there's a whole school of people that are like angry at the body positivity because It's like, oh, it's, you know, letting people be okay with being overweight and that's unhealthy and blah, blah. It's like, you're missing the point. Mm-hmm. One thing is being a little bit overweight doesn't mean that the person's unhealthy. There's many factors right. that go into that. Me having this that I can grab onto now Doesn't mean that I'm unhealthy. I do exercise. I do eat pretty well. But for this to go away with my genetics, I'm going to have to work out like my fitness Mm -hmm. model BFF. And
2: I don't want to. (laughs) (laughs) Because sometimes it's extreme. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, When I was 25, I had sort of a health scare. And uh, I was Tim Hortons double double every day I ate out all the time some weeks I'd be like did I even eat a vegetable today like that (laughs) was how that that was how like living by myself and not caring was and and that was the thing I didn't care I didn't love I didn't love it But it's like it took that scare for me to just... So I avoid refined sugar as much as possible. I haven't had... Like, I just drink black coffee. That's it.
0: What was the scare? You don't have to say anything if you don't want it.
2: It was irregular cells. Mm. Mm, mm -hmm. Squamous. Yeah, yeah. Right? Stage one. But because I knew what I knew, and I remember my physiology teacher saying, you have the power to change your cells. I was like, yes. Yes, Melanie, I do. And so... (laughs) I just, like hit the gym, took vitamins, ate all, vegetables. The, ate all the vegetables, and like everything in my body started working. And I was like, hmm, huh, funny how that wouldn't happened. Wouldn't it have
1: been nice, I've, I heard you talk about this on your podcast, but wouldn't it have been nice, instead of our parents always just saying to us, eat your vegetables or no dessert, if there was an actual education, like a real solid education as to what is happening inside your body from much younger, like really understanding why these things are important and why exercise is important, not just, it's good for you. It's good for you. Eat this green thing. It's good for you. Well, your
0: parents don't know. So how can they tell you?
2: Truth. They do not know. still don't know. You're right. And that's the thing. Let's let's start shifting for the next yeah. generation our kids, right? Like Av, my daughter Av, <laughs> she will never turn down a mango. She has a mango every day. Like cool. this kid is just eats the whole thing. But um, don't you think we should have like a human body class in school? Like not just biology or anatomy in high school, but like we should be starting in elementary school and Mm -hmm. just have a human body class where we talk about the importance of sleeping or drinking water or not drinking pop all the time. Yeah, you know, because that's when that's when the habits regular bodily Start.
1: functions. Weren't we talking about the uh, the girl that did the Facebook live on what does your poop say
0: about you? Yeah.
1: <laughs> but that is relevant right. information. Would a five year old know to be like, Mom, my poop looks funny. No.
0: Oh, no. I maybe feel like they, they will. Her daughter knows. Like, I feel like they do that a little bit in her school. Like, she knows. Yeah, that, they do hey, now. Yeah. Like, she caught me eating something or drinking something. She's like, Dad, that's that's. That's not everyday food. That's sometimes food. Mm. Like, what are you fucking talking about? She's <laughs> like, you're not supposed to have that every day. You can only have it sometimes. It's sometimes food. Yeah, That's awesome. Yeah, and I was like, who taught you that? She's like, my gym teacher. Whatever her gym teacher yeah. No yeah, yeah,
1: that yeah, name, yeah. Her is. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I do. Okay. I don't know. Are we allowed to say that on the podcast? She's a good gym teacher. <laughs> Clearly she is having an impact, right? Yeah. And those little minds can... Call us out on our shit, really.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we have to be very conscious. Well, I mean, I am. When I cook at home, I try to make sure, like... I actually am the person that thinks about, like, how many fruits and vegetables we've had. I try to incorporate variety. So if this week we had, you know, cherries and apples, maybe next week we're going to have pears and raspberries. I mean, I would love to buy all the produce all the time, but that's really
2: expensive. And we only have a small window where we can get it here in Canada that's not being shipped from Mexico. So, yeah. I feel like I buy an abundance now because then I'll freeze some. Do you know what I mean? Every year I keep saying I'm going to do that, by the way. Confession. I never
1: have. I always oh. say that I'm going to buy a bunch of berries in season and freeze them. Every year I say that and I have not done it. Well, maybe this this is going to be the year because now I've said it on the podcast. You this guys is- can all call me on my shit.
0: <laughs> yes. Shit. <laughs> this podcast. Love, hate
2: that's uh, so
0: how it happens you see it on the podcast and it becomes real yeah, yeah. And in, hey
2: if that's what's going to keep you accountable
0: then i'm in fucking trouble do it. oh boy <laughs> <laughs> kidding me
1: <laughs> so okay we know that now you're educating people about cells and fascia and you know and in, i'm not saying i know everything
2: no at all but to be
1: an educator you Just don't to you clear. don't have to know everything I you know. can learn something from anybody Right, exactly. so you have something that you are passionate about, and you probably know—not well, probably—you know more than the average person about cells and fascia. So why not share it with the world? Yeah, I just feel called that. That's my mission at this point, point. and I do like that you're uh, taking it day by day. I like how one episode you didn't have intro music, and the next one you're like, "So here's some intro music." And I we particularly loved that you were honest and said this is low budget and right off my cell phone. <laughs>
2: yeah because the reason i haven't uploaded my next one is because i got editing software and i actually made an intro guys oh no no stay stay tuned tuned. (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i'm just learning right like i don't podcasting technology my husband has an it company but i don't ask him for help
0: so how come how come you don't ask for help oh he's too busy Too busy. Like, you feel he's too busy to help? Or... I know he's too busy. <laughs> you should try it out, see what happens, see what the yeah. response is.
1: Although she might regret it because if Why? he's the IT guy, because I know sometimes when I ask you to help me with something and I wanted a simple piece of advice and then you fully take over. Yeah. So sometimes it's better for me just to do it my shitty way that might take longer because when I ask you, I get bumped seats. Right. Mm, gotcha.
2: <laughs> Ma- yeah, maybe that's it. I got him to, uh, I made him buy me my microphone. I was like, read the reviews. Give me one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Though yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he feels like he's helping, and that's fine. He doesn't really want to have a part in it, anyways. I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting here like, I want to go back to work. I just want to be hands deep in abdominal fascia all day long. And he's like, Can you just enjoy? Can you just enjoy not, not working for a while? And I'm like, No, I can't. <laughs>
0: like, that's hard for you to not. Be yes,
2: careful. right now I feel like I'm going insane cause especially because I don't have any more like other than decorating, which is not my
0: wheelhouse. So what do your what do your days look like then?
2: Um, well, I do a lot of dishes, Mark. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> now that it's summer, I have the seven-year-old. We go up to the park. She learned how to ride a bike. I jog beside her because I don't have a gym membership anymore. So now I work out at the park. I ordered tennis balls off Amazon yesterday. We we're going to learn how to play tennis. I golf now. And now I have now I have golfer's elbow, guys. Oh my I God. actually have this condition.
0: <laughs> it's soon to add tennis elbow to the list. And
2: tennis elbow? Yeah, I'm just going to be a wreck. Oh, that's one thing that it stopped working because it's like fascia on fascia. I'm sore because mm. I'm not stretching my fascia as I work. Isn't that crazy? That is so,
1: I get it, though, because even going on my maternity leave. So the first yeah. one, I only took five months yeah. because, you know, you can't take that much time away from your practice. Even then, the chiropractor that owned the clinic that I was renting space in was giving me about five months. Like mm-hmm. she's like, you need to come back to work. Your patients aren't going to wait around. And anyway. Really? Oh yeah. Oh,
2: mine was the opposite. Thanks, I didn't,
1: Natalie. I didn't have such a supportive work wife as you did. <laughs> Natalie um, but I, I went back after five months and even then I noticed in the five months that yeah, like things felt different. I wasn't quite at the point of sore, yeah. but with my second daughter, I thought I'm going to be a stay at home mom. Yeah. I decided I'm going to stay home. I'm not going to go back to work. I didn't go inactive though, because I knew that I would get cold feet at some point. So I continued and I would treat people every here and there. Maybe, you know, a a friend would come to my place, but I wasn't really working after 14 months off is when I, decided to go back to work. And I was kind of losing my mind. Like, I need to, I need to work. I feel like I'm not using my brain anymore. I mean, being a stay-at-home mom is a lot of work, but it's not the same type of brain activity. So, yeah, when I, (laughs) when I was going to go back, you're right. I felt like my forearms, my hands, like everything just needed to like, like get used to all this again. It's like, they've just been limp noodles. If you could see what I'm doing right now, my wrists are just dangling. It was really, yeah, it was really So you're not working right now? Now I'm working. Now you're working. Yeah, I took 14 months off. I went back to work
2: uh, just over a year ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm glad I did. I think if I had stayed active, I would have been like that. Mm -hmm. I would have, you know, because I have clients once, twice a week messaging me like, okay, can't wait till January. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. For me to come back. But I think I would, if I could legally write a receipt right now, I would be going. Yeah. I would be rogue already. I'd be going to their places. But... It's funny you said um, five months after your first child. I had an emergency C-section and went back in eight weeks because I was going crazy then. Really? Yeah. I didn't even sh- feel ready at five months. Oh, oh, no. I was ready. I wanted to, like, spit her out on the bathroom floor and like, be, <laughs> back, be back within a week. I was like, "Nat, yeah, I'll be right back. You know, no problem. I worked the day before. I tried to push her out on the bathroom floor and it didn't <laughs> succeed because she was facing my spine. Oh, I yeah. Couldn't turn so, her.
1: C-section. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and so you went back the minute you were like cleared by the
2: doctor, like you're recovered, go. Yeah. Wow. Um, well, she wasn't planned. So let's just, we can throw that into the backstory. If you're listening, Oops. you were a wonderful <laughs> surprise. She knows. She knows too. Cause I'm like, I'm not having another one. And, and now before she'd be like, oh, can I have a brother or sister? Like when she was three or four. And now she's like, mom, don't have another baby. I'm like, I know we wouldn't have this quality time together. Like, I told you so. <laughs> So, <laughs> um, keeping it real with the kiddos <laughs> yeah yeah no she's we are too truthful in this house with her so anyway she wanted to be here actually she was like in the car she's like but i want to be on the podcast because we have an episode her and i are going to talk about her seizures mm. oh, so it's okay. an, that's a great idea we're practicing um because i um joined the facebook group for absence seizures Eight thousand mer- members yeah i believe it but when it was all happening i was like like I really feel alone right now but then it's nice to have other parents on the feed and Mm -hmm. you know if my mother used Facebook I would tell her to join because oh my
1: goodness when that started with my sister Mm. I think if I'm remembering correctly I was probably around somewhere between 12 and 14, and my sister's a couple of years younger. And uh, I just remember... I remember going to... My mom's not overly religious, but my dad's family, they're like super Catholics. Mm-hmm. So super yeah. Catholic. So his sister, who <laughs> is C super fun, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, his sister, who is, you know, like the president of the super Catholics, uh, brought my mom to this church group. So my mom brought my sister and I... And I just remember... All of my aunts and everybody like standing around my sister, like hugging her. And it was all, it was like very somber. And it was, anyway, I just remember looking at my mom and like never seeing that amount of like stress or worry or whatever Mm. it was. I was like, oh, this is serious. Like my mom was like really, really freaking out about this.
2: Did she grow out of them, your sister?
1: Uh, No, hers, it's a, it's a different kind of story. It's not this, but anyway, so she, Mm it's under control. She's on medication. She's good.
2: Yeah. With her, yeah. Which to me, you know, the whole medication and putting chemicals in the body and stuff, mm-hmm. I was like not impressed, but. She's on the lowest dose and it's helping a little bit, you know, sometimes she would have eight seizures in 10 minutes. Oh, wow. And it's like the blank stare Mm -hmm. seizures. So
1: they're, they're really scary to see. Have you ever seen someone have an absence seizure?
0: I think once your sister.
1: Oh yeah. You would have experienced once Mm -hmm. with my sister. It's, it's bizarre. It's like one minute they're just talking
2: to you and the next minute. You're like, oh, okay. You're not here Mm -hmm. anymore. Mm -hmm. And And, and it's like, they're looking through you or you're looking through them and uh av's funny though she'll like (laughs) we found out it's because of hyperventilation that's what the eeg showed so it's not light it's not sound it's she gets like excited which again i think is it the vagus nerve Mm, Mm. maybe i've activated a few as she's been on my table because her hips are so torqued from doing a million cartwheels for an hour in the backyard every day but she'll, like, run down the stairs and have one, and then she'll just stand there and pick her nose for, like, 10, to 20 seconds. <laughs> and Jared and I have to, like, wait. We're like, mm-hmm, all right, come on back. Like, <laughs> and then now she's like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, don't be sorry. Like, it's all good. I love uh, that it turns into
1: nose-picking.
2: Nose-picking, yeah. She's seven.
1: That's fair. Totally.
2: And you know <laughs> when it happens the most? When she's holding her pee. Like she has to go to the bathroom, but she doesn't want to. She's like, you know, playing Nintendo. Why or something don't kids like that? ever want to go pee? Because they're, they're afraid they're going to miss something. I know. The FOMO is so real. <laughs> I'm
1: like that now, and I'm fucking forty. No, but you're like old. that because you get lazy. Like he'll be <laughs> sitting somewhere, and he'll go to me, remind me to go pee in ten minutes. I'm like, um. why don't you just go now? I don't feel like getting up. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want to mother you and monitor your pees. Yeah. Like, just go when Not you need to. Not looking
0: for mothering. Just, yeah. just a reminder. Yeah, just a nudge. <laughs>
1: okay. Go. Don't forget to pee, honey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. Um, Oh, podcast world. We're learning a lot about Mark today. Yes.
2: <laughs> I know.
0: I, I, this episode is scrapped.
1: <laughs> yeah, is this how we're ending it?
0: <laughs> Mark not. No, being let's end it
1: wants. talking about you. <laughs> so tell tell everybody, um, where they can find your podcast and, you know, plug, plug your shit.
0: Yeah. Okay. Wait, before you do that, a couple things really quick then. Yes. Let's do this. Cause I really want to know kind of, I know you don't really know yet, but I want to know what January 2020 is going to look like mm. for you a little bit. I want to know what 2020 is going to look like. I also want to hear whether you want to do it quick and dirty or as long as you want, what you want therapists to know about fashion. Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. Let's start
0: start with that one.
2: Yeah, let's start with that one. I want therapists to not be afraid of it. Okay. I want therapists to not think that they're going to hurt their clients. I want them to search for um, the instruction, whether that be Myers, Barnes, Jennings, whatever is going to fit with them um, because in school, we're not taught a lot about it. Um, And what we are taught is we're taught that it hurts. Like you said. Totally. Yeah. Um so yeah whether whether that's even going to a seminar or not or working with a therapist like myself mm-hmm. right like Sarah my therapist she didn't go to any of the courses we worked on each other's bodies mm-hmm. that's how we learned and when you're a professional and you you know you know the body That's sometimes a better fit, Mm -hmm. right? Is to practice on each other and teach each other things. So go get a treatment. Find a myofascial therapist in the area. Go get a treatment, basically. Um, What does 2020 look like? I'm going rogue. Um, I really want to get into doing wellness retreats. So this type of my style of treatment that I'm I'm focused on now, I can charge $300 if I go to the States an hour. Mm. I've been contracted out um, last year in the States to do like five to nine bodies in a weekend at a wellness retreat. So I really want to be hired to do those things. Mm-hmm. Um especially like for nurses. Mm-hmm. Like nurses have their own or like yoga retreats and those types of things. And I don't know where the podcast is gonna go. I really don't. Um I'm still kinda scared of it to be honest. This is helping. What, so thank what, you. What's what's I'm, the just, for I'm just scared to talk my shit. Mm. I don't know. I'm 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 getting over it. I have anxiety. <laughs> So that could be a thing. I don't have anyone working in my stomach right now. Um, I want therapists to start working in abdomens for back pain, hip pain, neck pain, jaw pain, all of the pains. If you're not getting anywhere, look in there. Because every time I have a new client on the table who've been to, you know, therapist, therapist, different modalities, um, I have yet to have someone say, or when I ask, has anyone worked in, in your stomach or in your belly? The answer is 99% no. Yeah, I believe that. And even when I was in school, I remember learning abdominal massage, which is totally different than what you do fascially, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm not lotioning up an abdomen. But I remember being in school and thinking, I'll never give an abdomen massage. And now for the last eight years, there isn't one body that gets on my table that I don't get in there. And it helps with a lot of things, Um, especially with the anxiety component. Um, That was really transformational when we can stretch the fascia around our psoas muscles anxiety lowers and i love it so so yeah i'll be into in abdomens in 2020 cool and hopefully traveling around yeah i flew my massage table to costa rica once that was fun for a retreat a couple years ago that's how it all began i was like this is what i need to do (laughs) Like, do you bring your daughter with uh, you when you go on these things not yet not yet she's young yeah because they're just you know 3 or 4 days of stint so That's
0: pretty cool man. I dig
1: that it. That is cool. Totally dig it. Yeah,
2: thank you. It. I love meeting
1: therapists who are doing stuff that's just Outside of the box, you know, you've
2: created this idea of like, this is what I want it to look like and you're doing it. I love it. Yeah. And I think because I hit a wall, I was like bored, you know, hired my first life coach two and a half years ago and it changed everything. Now my life, I'm like, right now it's finally getting, not boring, but like settled down. But Mm -hmm. for the past two and a half years, I was like, everything is happening all the time (laughs) and I can't (laughs) breathe, but... I'm still here. And how'd you I, how'd you find your life coach? Um, through a paid Facebook group that I decided to join, and that's where I've met a lot of people. Yesterday I was on, um, Marsha Van Weinsberg. She's um, she's a kinesiologist in Kitchener, and she has a podcast called Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. So, I met her through the same paid face grou- Facebook group two and a half years ago, and we've like we met in LA for the first time in real life, in mm. a hallway at a conference. And we are like, oh, <laughs> hey. <laughs> like, <laughs> so you just, like, connect with so many people online. Like, how, how you guys are sitting in my living room right now.
0: Yeah, it's trippy. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> but that's our world, and that's what's so amazing. That's what we can spread our message, like, Bigger and Can you imagine 20
1: years ago telling like your parents, so I met these people on the internet <laughs> and
2: now I've invited them over. We're right. going to hang out in the living room. Oh my God. I had to cross the border and, um, cause I was flying out of Detroit to go to Arizona last year to my life coach's event. And, uh, the border guy was like, where are you going? Da, da, da. And I have it all printed out. And he's like, well, how'd you meet these? How'd you meet these girls? <laughs> I'm like, Facebook. Facebook. <laughs> I'm like go. I'm like, oh so awkward, but that's that's our life right now. Yeah, it's it's the world true. crazy. And I love it. Thanks, right Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Seriously. Cool. Yeah. Anything else you guys want to wrap on? Then
2: I just want Sue to once again yeah. give the name give of the
1: podcast so oh,
2: find her. Um, yeah. So, um, Love Yourselves podcast. Right now, I'm just um, on Spotify because I haven't learned how to put it on iTunes yet. I'm getting there. Talk to um, Mark after. Yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, on Spotify, and then I'm on Libsyn, and my website is loveyourselves.ca, and I am suru on Facebook and Instagram. Cool. Thank
1: you so much for allowing us to do this in your sunroom mm. slash great room. No
2: problem. Anytime, guys.
0: <laughs> I dig it. I totally dig it. This is awesome. Thank you.
2: Awesome.
0: As I stare people, play golf. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Wonderful.
2: We'll go for a walk when we're done. Just have back.
0: Right on. You guys have been listening to Two Massage Therapists and a Microphone. Peace.